Bart. Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Katie, and welcome to 360 View. This is where we explore a broad range of ideas on all things affecting your body, your wellness, and your mind. Welcome back, you is to 360. How you Tremendous. How are you, Katie? Amazing. We've been doing a little bit more work in like the wellness sector and space and things like that. We've had a few public speaking things. You and I have had a few public speaking things in order like workshopping and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Always exciting to get out there and chat to people about some of the views that we share. It is. It is. And we seek in advance. And I think it's nice to do it with people in like an interactive setting so that it's a moderately big audience but it's not huge so that it's impersonal like it's I suppose it's like in drama when you talk about breaking the fourth wall it's like it's fully broken I didn't do drama I did drama as bad as as bad as that I've been told this sometimes I can be a bit dramatic sometimes but you missed your calling as a singer and as an actor and as an actor yeah I feel sometimes I probably did miss my calling there I think so Um, I'll we'll start with speaking. But yeah, breaking the fourth wall. Like it's very... I'll learn vocabulary and try to speak. In drama terms, breaking the fourth wall. Uh-huh. Explain to me what breaking the fourth wall is. It's just so that when you have people on a stage or on a TV or something, you're separate from them. Like you're not associated with them. Disassociate, and you, can, you, you disassociate. Like you can watch them and we could sit here and make comments and talk and it's okay because it's just a Gogglebox. play going on. Like Gogglebox. But the thing is, is, isn't it odd now what we do has changed to like if someone said, even my parents. Someone said, well, you're going to watch a show about people watching TV. You'd think it is the you're dumbest, dumbest thing. You'd the thing. You'd be like, what are we doing? What has life got to? That, we've, that the way we want to disassociate, as you said, ourselves from real life, is by watching someone else's real life but of it, watching normal but TV. it sounds so dumb. And this was something, um, I don't know if any That's of our not. listeners have um, played the game Spoons before. Oh, goodness, I was no. trying to explain this to you earlier today and I realised as I was explaining it how, how it dumb it is. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's dumb. I think it's just sometimes it just sounds, interactive. It sounds hard. It sounds illogical, really. Like mm. it... It's ridiculous. It's essentially Multiple spoons is a game. To... In brief, spoons is a game where you have Don't spoons in the middle of the table. Because be here <laughs> spoons in the middle of the table. One less than how many people. You have to get so many cards. Once you get a card, one person can take a spoon. Once one person has taken a spoon, that opens the gates. Everyone else is allowed to take a spoon. But it gets really sneaky, and the idea is to be as sneaky as possible so that then someone loses out without knowing. And you'd be surprised how many times, like we talked about, the two focus focusing on two things at once. That's how right. many times times it's, it's people multitasking. will play for a solid like one to five minutes without realizing that there's no spoons left on the table hmm. and they've lost five minutes ago that they haven't realized yet hmm. but little things like yeah it, sound, it sounded really special when i explained you know what anyway. i think it'd be better you know what i asked you with that to be a what type of spoon yeah i find it would be better if i played it would be with a tea, teaspoon just littler. Well, the thing is, is then it's like a small spoon. No one really notices a teaspoon on a table and sometimes. Not a big spoon. No, because the thing is, is then you would really have to focus because if you couldn't know, like it wouldn't be like a glance. You know how sometimes when you can glance past things and you can like sort of um, interpret the things there pretty quickly. Like you know what's there, you've seen it before and, and yeah. it's like you don't need to, to focus really on it. You yeah. know, sort of like peripheral vision type stuff yes. over the top. I find that if you would have been playing the game with a, a um, like teaspoon, yeah. it would have really screwed people over because the teaspoons sort of would almost like blend into the table. 
Yeah, that's true. And I suppose like the whole idea. Maybe that's like <laughs> um, teas, like spoons advanced. Maybe. It was like a Einstein spoons or <laughs> something. Oh. Yeah, like an advanced. Like Monopoly Plus or something. Yeah, that's a, yeah, like an advanced one or something like that, potentially. And I suppose it's really it like when I grew up, we were very competitive with all of those things. Like we did play cards a little Hard bit Hard to believe. Up. Hard to believe. Mm. I know. You being competitive with that? But it was it was like a very competitive thing amongst everyone with having to win or sneak, almost sneak around to kind of win in that way with all those games and things. Um, I sold to you that I had power in television <laughs> and I tried to get out. I, I don't know. I, yeah, like playing cards. I, I understand and we played cards when we were kids as well, you know, usually. Yeah. It's probably as much sometimes cards. But I remember like grandparents playing bridge and um all that sort of stuff you know well, like those sort of things with the board and doing the yeah. pins and like yeah they would do that and i remember like um uh, parents getting in and doing that with my grandparents and yeah. stuff like that that would be games of place and we talked about then advancements and how much there is now as far as we need to be um engaged or socially engaged or have something stimulating to us when Previously, in a, a smaller time, or sorry, earlier time when there wasn't those as many advances, people were, like you said, there was no TV in. Like you think about how when it was the 1950s was yeah. it, when TV came in and that, I think around there, um, is that people before that, that was that was what there was. Like, you know, like you think about in the war, like it's not excessively long ago, that Second World War in no. the 40s and, and then like um, – the First World War at the beginning of the 1900s, like to do back, that, it's, it's like it's, it's not excessive far, amount of time, it's far sooner than we th- think it is. Yeah. Like, that's not long ago. And I think the thing is, like, now time. we're very big, like, we talk a lot about wind down routines and something, something I'm very mm. rigid on I know because that. it makes such a difference. Is that wind that down routine, bedtime routine? Like, I've implemented away. the yeah, I've implemented mm. a lot now, like you said, the, the um, the light stuff, so yeah. like trying to go away from having. I'm a bit of a light Nazi and try and say power, but wow, um, <laughs> but potentially is more around the whole not having the whole room like full lights on. Yeah. Maybe a side lamp or a smaller light or something like that. So when it's in the last sort of hour or so when I'm planning to go to bed, that's when I'm yeah. stretching, that's when I'm doing it, and I try and like, bring those lights down. And have you down. found that has an impact? Um, yeah, but I, I think – and I talked to you this morning about it, like while I'm – when I'm at home by myself in my own bed, not being away, even though I'm by myself and you think I, you found it very bad that I slept in the middle of the bed. What kind is of that, monster sleeps in the middle of the bed? Like I just when I I'm by just, myself, I'm fine. It's fine. I'm like, I know hey, you're fine. It's almost like, is it the grass is greener on the other side? Or I want to know what it's like to sleep in the middle of my bed with no one else. No, and, it's not. It's just weird. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. just weird. And, so you can roll from one side and it doesn't matter. I know not, you have I'm all not of segregated. it. It's just weird. Go yeah, on. I'm not segregated to one side of the bed. So I find that I can take <laughs> the middle now and do it. But as I said to you, it's it's some of around what you get used to, I don't sleep. Or when I look at my recovery score on my um on my whip stuff is that I don't I don't seem to sleep as well when I'm by myself in my own bed. Yes. You know, at home rather than being away. Routine. Yeah, in my and doing that in my routine. So, whereas yeah, stretching and doing that while I'm away by myself and having that lower light in that last sort of half hour, hour uh, to go to bed, it's yeah, it's it's good and sets me up like for a reasonably good sleep. And I think it's probably something that we never 
like before there was all of those advancements, we never actually had to focus on doing that because it was something that just happened. But now we have to make Well, you would normally, it's the same as animals. Like you think about they go, the birds rise with the sun and go to sleep. As soon as there's no light, which doing. is what we're supposed to be doing. That's but what because that there's is. so many distractions, it's so hard. Now, and we're I trying to get more done in the day. Yeah, I suppose it's very, like, a lot easier, I found. And it's probably why I'm so rigid on it. Because we've done that, like, I've done that since I was a kid. Like, really young. Like, we had, for example, card games and stuff that came around because there was, like, as soon as it was dark, overhead lights turned off, low lights or candles on. Like, that was that was the rule in our house. It was, like, after we candles? ate dinner. Mum was big on candles. Okay, right. I was going to say, cause, <laughs> like, there's still like low lights, lamp lights, and we stuff. We did do lamp <laughs> lights, but she was going like, to say, okay, of, okay. She would have a mix then. of lamp lights and candles. Like, as soon as we ate dinner, it was overhead lights off, and it was wind down for bed. Mm. Then it was like, well, you're not going to go to bed at seven o'clock at night. But the thing is, is you t- the way you explained when there's some um, competitive spoon or whatever <laughs> playing, the excitement level of winning or competing. Or people's heart rates being up or it's still there. But it's different. It is. I know the stimulation there and you're still a little bit more hyped up. But the thing is that it's it's different because you would think that playing a competitive game like that. It's not sold as competitive. Be- it's sold as family fun. <laughs> It's old as people uh-huh. interacting, whereas, yeah. It's not family I was going to say, you've been lured into a false sense if you believe this game is going to be family interactive and fun. The game goes <laughs> until someone accuses someone else of cheating. So what we like doing that, you would think that that would hype you up even more and be worse for bedtime. But then when you like steer out of that, it's actually better. Like it's actually better than, say, thinking of relaxing but sitting in front of a TV, which you think is winding you down, well, it's but it's really. hyping up your nervous system. Yeah. It's not winding you down. So I suppose it's just the different little things like that. But essentially all of this feeds into like all of our routines and everything that we normally talk about turns into like our wellness conversation, which is generally like having well, a ho- holistic stuff. Like we're talking about everything has its po- has its yeah has its point. Like yeah. everything has its place, everything's in there for a reason or everything is playing as a part. Um, I think in some cases as well, when I see people going to do certain fitness activities or certain, they feel it needs to hurt all the time or they yeah. feel they get there and I need to make this hurt or they feel I've had a bad day so I need to go and get aggression out. So I'm going to smash myself to do something. Is that not, that just doesn't make sense to me. The I'm like, I've always, no yes, longevity. I understand. No, and there's certain days where you go, hey, everything's feeling good. Looks like a workout or looks like a certain program that I feel I can attack. Go for it. But that's mm. that's okay. But if you're looking for that to be something as to, I need to feel or I need to hurt or I need to feel something for it. Is it trying to numb the senses for other things? But then you get the other end as well where it's then associated that for exercise to work, it needs to hurt. And the thing is that I feel that that creates a divide, like a massive divide between people who work out and people who don't. And the people who don't, that should be incorporating more movement. And we're very conscious Mm -hmm. of calling it movement and incorporating more movement into your everyday. Movement can be anything where you are moving your body. Anything. You can go for a bike ride. You can go for a walk if you like running, rock climb. You can go on a hike. Um, You can do stretching. You can do yoga. You can do strength. You can do conditioning, like any structured exercise, non-structured exercise. Like you can do anything that involves moving your body. But we're very passionate about 
getting people to move their bodies every day. Mm. And I think that the issue comes with that exercise and with people wanting to hurt is it almost becomes like a badge of honor is how yeah. hard can you hurt? Yeah, and how much like, can you push to hurt? We've seen this, that this comes from the top. Like this comes from the top of, say, uh, the fitness industry yeah. is that it becomes a race to the bottom in a sense, a race to the bottom of how hard, how bad can you make your clients hurt? Yeah. How sore can you make I can them? make you throw up if you want close, me to. Yeah, how close can you get them Vomiting, to throwing up? ridiculousness, taking five days to get like doms and soreness yeah. gone and stuff like that. It's like we had talked about it. If you're not in the, not necessarily just saying in the gym, but movement and doing stuff like that. But if you can't do that, you're regret. So we're never stuck in a state of equilibrium. Like we're never stuck stationary, whether advancing or regressing. So you're going forwards or backwards. There's never a state of just staying still. So we're either talking about if you're not being able to be either moving, moving your body, getting more range of motion, getting more stability, getting more strength in certain planes, you're going backwards because you're limited by stuff. You can't do that. You've got issues with joint mobility. You've got issues with joint soreness. You've got a swollen knee. You've got mm. swollen ankles. You've got like you're backwards, like you're behind the ball, like you're trying to chase it down the road. And then you feel like because you've missed that, we've got to get back into the or back into that movement and hit it as hard harder as we like before. Because yeah. obviously what it was is that I wasn't used to that. So I need to do more of that. So it's this continual cycle of stuff that if people can't get off that bandwagon or actually start to get to a point where they can sit back and see it, like we're, uh, we're trying to play on that line of for competitive and people doing in certain sports with a certain outcome goal, they're playing on the line. So they're trying to bounce on the line of injury or um setback like trying to play with how far they can push well they're to being like just, they're tr- that's what i mean the they're trying to get yeah they're just burnout, yep they're, they're just starting as close as they can to yep as close totally. as possible but are we looking at that for people for that everyday are, people we're yeah. not playing anywhere near that line like we are miles below that line yep. and as much as as much as it gets confused and it gets confused because people start thinking that they need to train like they're an athlete Oh, yeah. Which in some senses, absolutely, like some principles that you take from that with um, focusing on a holistic view of your food and your sleep and your movement and your recovery, et cetera, like that part of it's great. But when we look at training like an athlete and teetering on that line, when you have a ton more in your life than a professional athlete does, that's not doable and it's not what you should aim for. Like the amount of people. But how, and how many now, like just recently with like Olympics on and different things, I've seen, and this is nothing against certain people with it, but how many athletes or um, professional athletes, or not even just professional, but Olympic or um, high-level athlete performers, I have seen, unfortunately, once they've stopped that and it's been so much of a focus of their life, they've almost gone complete the other way. Excessive weight gain, no exercise activity because they've done like this amount of intensity that now all of a sudden they're out of that or they've retired or they're doing whatever they've either gone away from it and they're like i don't movement i see i see movement as being part of that sport or that part of my life movement is work and now movement yeah movement was work or movement was what i was before i'm now not that so they're like completely the other way but it was so intense that you don't know how to incorporate that on a lower level that's true and there's no gears for it for everyday people we're looking at getting consistency yeah that's all we're looking at like you look at any you look at 
bit the research around the best diets in the world, the best exercise programs in the world, um, anything like that, the answer is consistency. Mm. There's no best diet. There's no best exercise program. What works for you. It's, it's what consistency. Works, yeah. And consistently. Essentially, something that you can enjoy and stick to consistently, that's going to work for you. Mm. So when we're looking at consistency, the best way to do that is to set a goal of moving your body every day. Incorporate movement Well, if every you're someone, day. can I just say, so if you're someone who's not done like for us, I see this at like working and stuff like that. There's people that... They go from zero to 100 and then they fall off the bandwagon and they wonder why they couldn't maintain it the other side Mm. we're talking about yes as you said trying to move consistently every day but just be smart about how that comes into your life yes if you're someone who has gone from not doing anything for potentially since you left school left some sort of um you know social sport doing stuff like that to going back to hitting every day you're not going to maintain it but in terms of moving every day that might mean walking 200 meters from the oh car yeah, but to there's the my, but the, but there's some people that won't like that's a lot. Yeah, and I and and I know you're saying it every day, but we're just trying to say, make it get it to be consistent to and it. habitual, so that it's part of your everyday. And you don't is, see it as segregated, either working no. out or or segregated. You don't have yeah. to do structured yeah. exercise mm. every day. That's not know. our goal no. for you and no. for people. Like that's not what we find. In looking at people in a gym is in our gym, we find people, even when they commit to training five to six days a week, their average, when you average how many times they trained over a year, it ends up being three to four, Hmm. three to four times per week, week, per week. So you have, they've aimed for five to six, but the thing is life gets in the way and you have something on a Wednesday night, so you don't train on a Wednesday or you were chilly one morning, so you didn't want to wake up. Like you have all these little things and you end up with three to four times a week. Which is perfectly fine. Yeah, that's right. That's still that's still like that's above still halfway. Fine. You know, like you're on the halfway yeah. doing that at least thing. But then like you're saying is to think about it outside of the gym and think about that movement outside is to try and think. I think some people, I watched something the other day and a guy ended up doing the, he didn't even do, like it's like one of the biggest loser things or something like that. And then mm-hmm. there are people that are really the other end of the spectrum as far as weight gain and what they're doing and um, habits and things he cleaned out as we know if it's not there in your house or easily accessible you won't you do it or you've got to physically go out of your way to go and get it so you're really making a choice which we talk about you have choices so situations and things there's stimuluses that come to us all the time you have the choice of seeing bad good whether you want to react to it whether you don't want to react to it a lot of the times it's just on you and how you Mm-hmm. You know, like how you feel so or how you enter. So he cleaned out their pantry. So then, in fact, it was not accessible to her. Mm-hmm. And all he did is just told her just to look at her diet and only do her normal movement. Like, don't worry about any set of structured going to the gym or doing anything. It was just purely for two weeks, just looking at what she ate, making sure. And he had this, like, it was almost like a pill or a chewing gum, but deadened the sugar sensors on mm-hmm. the taste buds. So whenever she felt like she needed to have something sweet because she was a sugar-craving person, is this tablet or this chewy or whatever it was, it was just a pill, have that before she was able to have, she could have the sweet thing, but she had to have this before she could have that. And what it did is actually deadened her sugar taste buds, so a sense on her tongue. I mean like a minty something. Oh, I don't know what exactly, but he developed it. And like, I don't think he would give away special 
ingredients. Present. No. So, however it worked with it, it just he explained it as it, it killed off the sense like the taste buds on her tongue, and anything that she ate up that had sugar and high levels of sugar and processing, they just tasted like mush or disliked, like it didn't, didn't taste as good. Didn't taste as good. Didn't whatever. So she eventually, and that was just like two weeks of just doing that. So he yeah. said, you can eat it all if you want. Killed everything out of her cupboard first, but anything you want to see, have a try of it. She's like, this is disgusting. Started to turn her taste buds back around. And in some cases, once we get so heightened, as you had talked about previously, is those pain receptors when you're doing Panadol and all that other stuff, is that as you have a little bit, you start to crave a little bit more. Can be. And when you're looking at that, when you're looking at pantries and people's foods, I think I think the underlying thing is that I found people need to have a reason and they need to want it, and I need them to want it. I don't. Oh, we need... have to have buy-in though, and that's where the buy-in comes. And I've found so many people that come for to the gym for say training. They go to the gym for training or for a meal structured, plan or something. Yeah, or structured working. They don't actually want it. They seem like they want it because they've walked into a gym and you think they've walked in here, they obviously want help, they want to fix this. But they don't actually want to change anything. And we need to have people to the point where they not only want the problem fixed, but they're going to want to change something to fix the problem. So I think like the best way I've found to do that with people is the five whys for them, is to ask them why five times. So you want to... It's like, okay, you want a meal plan. Why do you want a meal plan? I want a meal plan so I can lose weight. And you just keep going down and down and down. And you're going to get the reason at the end. And the thing is they often haven't thought about this reason. When they haven't thought about this reason, it's easy to go, oh, I got a meal plan, but oh, it was just a bit hard. And the thing is that there's not actually that drive behind them to do it. And I think once you get that want to change, and that want to get out of where you are, that want to get towards something better and that want to change, that's when we that's when we have that change. Whereas before you don't, like just because someone has inquired, that doesn't actually mean they want to change anything in their life. It means they want you to fix it for them. Well, everyone's always easy to try and get the quick pill or the quick The quick fix. fix. No, I want to actually do it. The, like you're saying, like the consistency and the yeah. um, making sure it's able to be maintainable and it's like a big choice and it's changing little things to make them habits so that they continually sort of implement it in it. And I think we're, we almost become resistant to change and a lot of people I've seen become really resistant to change because there is that whole perception that exercise equals pain. It needs to be painful and it needs to be something that you don't to like. To get change. To get change. And that's the thing is it's like if you absolutely hate cardio, you hate conditioning with a burning passion, Let's not start with that. Like, let's yeah, not that's, do that that's, for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's reiterating that it's, you don't like this. Yeah. It's like, okay, Pushing you don't harder. like this. Yeah. You're going to hate it every time you do it. You're probably going to choose to sleep in instead of not do it. Yeah. Let's Find just every not excuse. do it. It's a conversation I had with someone the other day about their program, about, well, what do you get excited about in the morning to wake up and do movement-wise? Like, they've been exercising for years. Hmm. But you're like, when you wake up in the morning, you look at a workout the night before and go, am I going to wake up to do that? What do you look at and go, oh, I want to do that? They're like, oh, I, I like like um, strength work, but I don't like too much rest, like two and three minutes rest. I just find so boring. I like strength work, but I kind of want to be moving more of the time because in the morning I'm a bit more tired. Otherwise, I'll just like cut it halfway short and any – cardio conditioning stuff I look at and I'm like mm, I'm not setting my alarm tomorrow morning or I know I'm not going to wake up I'll set it but I know I'm not going to wake up I'm going to press stop and set a later one so the conversation with them was well let's program more of your strength stuff with less rest 
let's alternate it, let's do some super settings and stuff like that to give you what you like. And then once we get you into that routine, then you can put a little bit of conditioning in there if you want to. You can put a little bit more of your heavy strength stuff with more rest once you've gotten into that rhythm and routine. But we're going to keep the basis of your program always the stuff that you like. Mm, because that thing's it, it makes you drive to go and do it. Exactly. Um, and some people need, obviously need to be driven more with what they like at the beginning to be able to try and make it more sustainable a long term like with the meal plans when you have when you think of a meal plan thinking that it's going to cut out everything that i like oh yeah and, and it's that's not going like- to be fun i'm going to be eating meat and vegetables and that's all i'm going to be eating chicken and broccoli is all i'm going to be eating yeah. well then that becomes a problem because every time you think about changing your diet you think worst case scenario meal plan i'm only going to be eating chicken and broccoli oh my god i just can't do that right now so then you don't do anything yeah that's right like we were talking about the standard becoming the pinnacle of awfulness pretty much, is the worst case exercise scenario where you hate it, but you think you have to do it because it's good for you. But you're you don't move every well. day. You're told that it's good for you. And it's how much, as a personal trainer, how much can you make someone hurt? Oh, they're probably not a very good trainer. They don't make you hurt very much, which is not the reason. Well, Same I with- think that's like you said, a badge of honor. They end up trying to sort of race each other, not to the bottom, but how hard it's made someone either oh such and such did a workout this time it made me vomit or it made me throw up or i was sore for three days after or i couldn't move or do they you've got to think about those people it's that's they when they start to come in and they have a goal of that it's like to to get to a certain like photo or body image or whatever they get they're driving towards is you need to be able to make sure that at the beginning they already have this misperceived misconception around this is always going to hurt. This is going to be bad. Why do these people do this to themselves? This seems yeah. ridiculous. It's hurting themselves all the time. Is any time where that needle wavers, and if you're going to the hurt side more than you're going to the let's just look at progressions to get you built with volume and get you built with movement, and the more they go to the pain, the pain side, the more they're inclined to not turn up. Yeah. The more they're inclined to find an excuse, the more they're inclined to go the other way. So when we talk about some of that stuff, there's always a way, either a program or always a way, uh, a plan, a step process can be set out for some people. If you don't like cardio, you just want to do your strength work, you don't want to get your heart rate elevated for doing that, then guess what? We're going to have to dial down on your diet and what you're eating and how it's looking because that's where we're going to get changed. You don't out train a bad diet we know that that's that's a pretty like standard basic rule for it is we're looking at making sure then that we dial down on this diet so that then when you come in and you're doing your strength work that's building muscle so we look at increasing your protein maybe cutting down some of those carbs maybe cutting down some of those fats you know like doing like playing with that so that we can still increase with like your muscle you've got some carbs enough to do it put your carbs around when you're training so that you have some carbs before and after when you're doing your strength work so you've got fueling for it so we're doing we're playing with it so that's what you've got to be able to do and understand there is always ways if you've asked the question for some people that's even too complicated in itself like we're not going to with fats carbs etc no, no, some no. people you're going to do that with and some people you're going to go like you said let's just eat slowly yeah that's all we're going to do that's and fine and that's that just getting it started at a different level and this is where that whole wellness scale comes in is what is going on in your life in a rounded perspective right now mm-hmm. and what can we hit 
to have get the most bang for your buck? Like what is the biggest thing that we can change that's going to have the biggest flow on effect to everything else? And be sustainable. And be sustainable and not Put it be into place, that's... not to quick. We're not looking for quick. So many now we see. I mean, we have our, our thoughts and we've chatted a lot backwards and forwards on challenges, how they work in. Yeah. Fitness challenges, eight-week challenges, six weeks, 12 weeks, what they do, what they do. I mean, and I've talked to, I was talking to someone at work the other day about it, is how much, like, they're okay for maybe triggering that thing to get someone started. Um, like, I understand, totally understand some people need a hard, fast, either date, times, do it. We usually find people get serial um, challenge people they just mm. keep coming back and they are the bulk and then try and drive it's a monetary thing it's not a fitness thing it's you know they like a drive for some yeah that's exactly right continue would not just sort of stay like, and that they're good for that the thing is is we need to make sure that what they've implemented because it's in such a small amount of time so highly focused so much of hard you need to cut all this you need to do so many classes you need to be so much of everything is that we're trying to think of this now in a bigger plan of this is the rest of your life. Like, can you maintain that? It's no good putting a certain diet thing in place when you know that when you go back to cooking your own meals and you're doing this while your kids are on holidays and when you go back to school, you know that there's three kids with a sport every afternoon and you're not going to be able to maintain. So that's just setting you up for failure. And we know when we've talked to people that have come in is what caused this to fall off before and the more yeah and the more times people are failing with stuff Mm. the more time they throw their hands in the air as soon as so the the um the entry level or the thing that they previously would have taken three things for them to happen in a row to go this is too hard and i'm falling off now take two then the next time they do it takes one. The time to the failure time gets to shorter, failure and, gets shorter, and, shorter and, shorter. and shorter. Yeah, it does. Um, and I think the biggest thing with that is that we're not saying that doing something sustainably is slow. It's not. The thing is that it's sustainable and it actually happens quite quickly because the thing is, and our our disagreeance with the challenge culture comes in because the thing is that if we look at someone now and in 12 months time in 12 months they've probably done three to four challenges three to four six to eight week challenges that's yeah, usually there are seasoning as well seasoning so generally Seasonal, most yeah. places will run three to four a year and mm. it'll be like a one per term thing or yep. it'll be a three per year um one every four months kind of thing and that yeah. gives them a break in the middle because they have to prep a lot to run that challenge it's a lot of work yeah, it is but then you have three challenges within a year that you've done oh, and let's you've, can we just say there with the challenge stuff and yeah. we've talked about it before when someone indicates to you that they're selling a nutritionist with a meal plan, please check that it's a nutritionist. Please check it's a nutritionist because they can't be given to you by like someone that doesn't have a qualification for that. So no. guidelines, but no hard written how much you're eating, what it is as no. every meal per day. Like that can't be given. So when no. someone sells it as a, this is a big selling point for us to yes. sell a nutritionist, well, they can't put that in there as nutrition without a nutritionist doing a dietitian doing it and it's more than likely a generic pretty too like they have brackets of where people's weights and goals are and what they need to get to they'll be a pretty similar if you find a two or three other people that may be in your category of weight size wise your meal plans will be pretty much the same and if you look at your plan to someone else's they're going to be very similar like we've worked with cq nutrition 
as yep. a business, we've partnered with them quite a lot. Um, they are exceptional at what they do for with sure. their working with people one-on-one plus their meal plans plus their group coaching. Yeah. Like they do excellent there. But the one thing that, that that stuff, brought yeah. – Yeah, the one thing that that brought to light for us was that they do excellent at what they do and – people running challenges not that they're all not that they're bad but they're running these challenges saying that a nutritionist or dietitian is going to and there's a very big difference between our nutritionists and dietitians Mm -hmm. dietitians are qualified in dietetics they've done Mm -hmm. a a degree in that um but nutritionists most people can actually call themselves a nutritionist so it's not necessarily lying it's Mm -hmm. just playing on the lack of knowledge around who's actually doing which is tricky because then you're putting full reliance on someone that is in this profession is doing that plan, whereas they're probably not. So then when you look at, back to our 12-month thing, when you look at someone who's done three challenges, they've lost a mass amount of weight and then gained it back. Like some people can lose anywhere between 6 to 18 kilos Mm. to 20 kilos per challenge. So you're looking at 20 kilos. starting stuff and where they are. Even if you go the littlest amount, you go 6 kilos down, then they regain that in the two, three months gap in between, like three-month gap in between. Six kilos down, six kilos up. That's now a 12 kilo fluctuation. Mm-hmm. We do that three times within the year and you have a 36 kilo fluctuation in your weight. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of weight to lose and regain within a year. And the thing is your body is now going into havoc because it doesn't know where it should be, which makes it harder and harder every time. But what we want to do with this is over 12 months, you look at someone who instead of fluctuating 36 kilos, they've made subtle changes in their everyday that's sustainable and they know that they can stick to and they also don't get massively disheartened as if they have, you know, movement more days than not. If that's their thing, movement more days than not, and they miss a day and they had family at home or they had friends come over and they didn't really get to move that day, they didn't go for a walk or rock climb or go for a bike ride, anything like that. They're okay because they know tomorrow they're probably going to do some kind of movement. Or they're going to do a little bit more. Yes, they don't feel like yeah. they don't feel like they have to punish themselves by doing a ba- um, massive workout in the gym, or they have to cut their food all the way down because they've found consistency. And, and over they're looking that, at seven to twelve to fourteen days, you know, yes. they're like across a month or across, across what they've done, or across, across a, a week, week, or instead yeah. of across a day. Yeah. And then when you're looking at across a week, you're like, okay, today wasn't like massive on movement or I had a bit more food than normal so I'm going to adjust that for tomorrow and then when you look at that over a 12 month period that person can lose 12 kilos over a 12 month period or they might lose six kilos over a 12 month period which seems slow but it's actually really quite quick to lose that over that time and to be able to keep that off forever. Well, it's keeping it off and finding, have, like you said, as you're trying to find that equilibrium again for your body. Exactly. You've gone down six kilos in 12 months, whereas the challenge person has fluctuated 36 kilos and they're still six kilos heavier than you yep. because they can't down, maintain up, down, it. They're up. down, up, down, up, down, up, and then they're at the same place. It always surprises me at the end of a challenge. They have a party. A party with food and drinks. <laughs> Where and it's congregated like, around food and drinking. So the problem that you had in a lot of the cases, I totally understand getting together and the whole celebration of doing something and all that. Yeah. And But so many people already have a drama around what I was eating. Is this okay for me? That's too many. They've just spent six to eight weeks trying to count these all the time. And next thing you've given free reign and, you know, that's okay. And understanding it's a small place in time, but I yeah. just don't understand how it's like 
education or that or the fact that we're celebrating with food again. No. Like we're reiterating that we're just celebrating with food and drink again. No. Like I don't. It's so much around our society is food and drink. Yeah, I know. But why wouldn't you end up doing something at the end of a challenge like a we're gonna go mountain bike riding for such and such. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna bounce. We're gonna go to the bounce, like what those places yeah. with the trampolines, yeah. and we're gonna do things that you don't get to do that your kids may get to do. We're gonna do a gymnastics class. We're but gonna do a, you not a cooking better. class, but we're gonna go and do a painting class, or yes. we're gonna do just something else, like just celebrate everyone together and let's let's paint the amount of whatever many kilos it was that you lost in the last thing. Like I don't know, do something else. Like let's think out of the box. Like this stuff is just and, boring to me when I see it. But I think the issue is that we go the celebration at the end is all most like oh thank god that eating and exercise is over. over let's go back to normal but the thing is it's never over like you're going to be alive for a very long time we hope, hope. and <laughs> it's it's never going to be over like this is about your every day and creating habits every day yeah for sure so and i think so. so like something that we've been working on a lot now ben um and that is just releasing like we've been partnering with companies and with businesses and corporations who have the same values and how our values very strongly align. Well, people that are going in that way, like, yeah, seeing that this is definitely a way to assist people both at either work or in workplaces and outside. Exactly. Um, Which is really important is partnering with these people that recognize and we have the same beliefs around sustainability and around our holistic wellness and how that's actually actually implemented. Um, Yeah. So we've recently partnered with a um, GP clinic mm-hmm. um, with a medical center in order to, and they are absolutely phenomenal at what they do in terms of they're trying to train their doctors in and their doctors wanting to help people through health education instead of immediate medication when it's not required just yet. And I think in some cases we talked about it a while ago in fitness and that, and and the doctors have really seen this as well as far as such a small amount of time, like point in time out of a day, like an hour a day is what that 4%, like if you're working out, you're doing this. This is like we at a gym or at training or whatever, an hour out of your day, you've got 23 other hours to fill. Mm. Doctor sees you for 20, 15 minutes. Five. 5, 15 to 20 minutes. But yeah, like if you're doing something like that and then tries to give you so much information and you promise that you're going to do all this and you're going to do that, whatever, but then it's sort of shuffled and given and then out the door and it's probably more around society now trying to drive the whole one pill, one fix or quick fix or something or other where that just comes and then people get on, like you said, on the pharmaceuticals or on some sort of um, supplement to do that and then they move um, into the whole reliance on that quick fixing non-sustainable for it they want a result first port of call is that yes that person wants a result but also as soon as they get put on say that certain medication that isn't required just yet they get put on it now they're going to have side effects from that which they need to then dull with another medication which is going to have side effects and it's this constant battle Mm. So what we've done is partnered with this medical center um, and we created a program called Thrive. So essentially when your doctor has 15 minutes with you as a long consult, there needs to be something outside of that to give you accountability, education and habits that you can implement and that isn't going to be a drastic overhaul on your life that seems too hard after three months because it's going to take a little bit longer than that. And and the, we know that the, the better we, we do better 
with the more information, not necessarily overload of information. No. We're trying to get it targeted down to simplifying things that are actionable throughout your life. Yes. Things that you can put in place so that you know that going forward, you may not need this all the time. This is a reset. This is getting you going. This is able to give you somewhere to start from, give you some more education around what you need, both in mindsets, habits, nutrition. and also nutrition, working out like what movement looks like, how movement can cut, start to come into your life yes. and how, like you said, it can start to be, you know, not seen as painful, not seen as a chore, seen as actually being able to do because this is a great gift you've been given is being able to move. That's how nice. many people around the place that can't do what you're doing now yep. would wish to, surprising how many times people either hurt ankles or do some lower limb stuff and then they didn't really like to run but the fact that it's been taken away from them, they want to run it's now. All they want to do. Yeah, or they want to get out there and run for it. So it's something that, you know, being able to do this and put this in place so that you know you've been given this gift to, to work on. Yeah, and this is what we wanted to do with Thrive is to put all of the things that we very strongly believe in and that we know work all in one place. And this is for, like Thrive is very much for people at the beginning or midway into their journey into this either they've been stuck in the challenge cycle before or it is they're just crazy overwhelmed by the information out there or they kind of know what they're doing they've been doing it for a little while but they're not getting the results they want they find they're struggling with consistency and they don't know what they're meant to be doing yeah or what path to take it's like a they're going in blind and they have no idea yeah, really what, what it's it just like try this try that try this try that mm. um so then we've incorporated like all of the nutrition education in there we've incorporated our habits and trying to keep and that's basic so yes. we're just saying we've just gone in there basic starting points basic where people can start from make we don't want to make complex it complex topics yeah, very simple, simple. because so, the yeah. thing is that you have access to a mass amount of information in there but you also have access to a mass amount of misinformation mm -hmm. so we've distilled this into exactly what you need to know to make a change now that's all you need to know because the thing is you can be build overwhelmed on, start to build with a mass amount of information but what do we know today what do we need to know today to make a change? Hmm. Same thing with your movement. We've incorporated some habits around movement. Again, one habit every four weeks is what we're looking at. And then we get a piece of information to progress that habit every week. Same thing with our mindset, resetting that mind. Because whether you think you can or you can't, you will. So if you think you can't, you're not going to. If you think you can, you're going to. So it's just resetting that because we know that stuff comes up in people's lives all the time. And life is going to get in the way because that's what it's life just, yeah. does and that is it like you said it's just how you can then react to it we talked about today you see you're looking at buying a yellow car suddenly you all see yellow cars yeah you're looking at buying some certain type of car suddenly you only see those type of cars because you've done that or you're looking for that part in that you've day or conditioned your mind to think about and see that so this just gives you stuff to actually concentrate on so you yes. know where you can make the choices so all we give you is a topic every week to think about and something that we want you to take into that week as a theme for that week or a topic for that week to move forwards so that you can start to think about things a little bit differently or look at things a little bit differently um and then on top of that some stretching and movement stretch workouts and, mobility, and movement stuff um, and yeah. some workouts and things like that all in there just basic um, stuff to get started really really with. simple stuff so that it's not overwhelming hmm. for you there's information in there for what you need to know to do this now rather than it being a, a massive thing um so then it's weekly 
for them. Um, and it's released every week for people that are doing this. And this is the first protocol referral wise from doctors to get people into this program, whether or not they're currently medicated or not, um, in order to get clearance from their GP to then do this. And it's something people can participate in from the comfort of their own home. It's not something that they have to go to a gym because that can be mortifying if you haven't Oh yeah, so stressful for people that haven't done that. So it's giving you the step into it before so that that's not your only option. You don't have to come up with all of that courage and that confidence to walk in there and talk and to someone. And worry about people that. looking at you. Everyone's worried about what everyone's thinking of them. Exactly. So that you can do that from your own home. And like we have on this platform, we have um, all of our communication. We have comments, etc. Like things that people can roll through so that then any questions and queries, like you can again ask without having to call someone or go into, go into a place. Or anything like that. So this is something that our medical center is our first first launch with our Thrive program. Um, and we're really, really excited to see where this grows from here and to help to help push this forwards because it is something that we believe so strongly on and it is a movement that's happening at the moment in that there's so many businesses in the health and medical fields that believe that this is the way forwards because currently what's been happening hasn't been working as well as it could yeah that's right it needs somewhere um to take a yeah as as katie said is to take more of a a holistic or a like look at everything how it can be implemented how we can actually make this um long term how we can start attaching things to certain things you do out through throughout the day how can you start building on this so that you have a little bit of information and as you said before so so many people get freaked out by the going into a fitness facility or a gym or, or doing something like that hopefully throughout this program we've given people enough of a basis that you don't feel like such a new person it's it's it can be very daunting when you go into somewhere where everyone knows what they're doing and you're the odd person out that doesn't know what's going on so hopefully this sort of gives you a bit of a guide on some movement stuff around what you can do to implement to start building that so that when you get into a class or you get to go to gym or otherwise it's not so unfamiliar to you so it yes. seems like it's a bit more comforting similar um, safe space for you to to enter and the beauty of thrive the way that we've done this program is so that you could do this wholly and solely from home for always yeah there's no pressure for you to step out of this into somewhere if you don't need yeah. but it's also going to develop that confidence and that that little bit of knowledge and education um, so that if you wanted to, you have the full option to. It's not fear that's holding you back. There's no pressure for you to ever walk into the gym if you don't want to. But you also have that confidence to know you have the choice that if you want to go do a class or two a week, you can. Or if you want to go organize a PT a week, you can. Hmm. Because now you have that little bit of knowledge behind you. You know that you've kind of kick-started, gotten the ball rolling. um, Because we've all heard people say, I'm not fit enough to do that i'm not i can't go to that gym i'm not fit enough which seems crazy because it's not the purpose of it is to get fit the purpose of it is not to be fit and get there but i think when you have so many people there who have already like been years into their fitness journey that can be really daunting and intimidating so this is that step for you to do this at home first to start to target that rounded health your routines to do with your lifestyle your sleep um your food your intake, as well as that education component, your mindset component, and then your working out component to get everything in without it seeming overwhelming. So what So what we're saying is there's a lot in there. There's yeah. a, we've tried to tie everything <laughs> together. We can go over it 27 times here as well, but um, 
get in there, have a look. Um, by all means, see, you'll see it that we've tried to put everything in there. So yeah, the link is in the description below, but you can yeah. also head to um, 360view.co forward slash thrive. Um, and then that's the program link so that you can kind of explore it, have a look. Um, see what it's about. But yeah, we've tried to, we're, we're very excited to partner with um, with this first uh, uh, super clinic and try and make sure that people have some sort of access to stuff outside of just being either medicated or told what to do or what they have to do without really being given any support or any education and start point. So exactly. um, we're definitely very excited about that. Extremely. So if you have any questions on Thrive or on anything that we've spoken about today, um, feel free to f- send us a message or send us an email at contact at 360view.co um, and we'd be happy to get in touch. Um, but other than that, we hope you have an absolutely amazing week and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, viewers, for tuning in to another episode of 360 View. You can follow us on Instagram at 360view.co to stay up to date with everything we're doing and tag us in your podcast list. If you found value in today's episode, leave us a like, a review, and a five-star rating. If you know someone who could benefit from listening to this episode, give it a share. If you have any questions, shoot us a DM on Instagram, and we'll answer them in the show. Thanks again, viewers, and we'll chat to you in the next one.